Stand if you're able and join me in the call to worship. We are the community of faith that was created by the love of God. We come not to parade our own goodness, but to praise the holiness of God. We come not to boast of what we have done, but to proclaim the redeeming work of the Son of God. With all our being, we will praise you, O God, and tell of all your kindness toward us. Amen. Let me welcome you all to worship this morning, those uh, who are guests and our members alike. We're delighted to be here and to share together in worship as we worship the one true and living God. There are a number of you that are guests today, and we want you to know that uh, we're very happy you're here and, and uh, worshiping with us today. 
And um, not only you, but also our members too, we would like to encourage everyone to sign the blue book at the end of each pew. You'll see that and you can put your name there, or anything else you might want to include. Um, and that way we'll just know that you were here. We'll promise not to bother you if you, sign, if you fill that in. We just want to know who you are and uh, we will follow your instructions that you might leave. Southside Baptist Church is a church here in the heart of Five Point South, built on an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. And we do that by worshiping here every week, but also ministering every day in various ways and inviting others to be a part of that process of reaching out, whether it's through uh, ministry, direct services ministry, or Bible studies, or other opportunities of worship and service. We want everyone to know that there's a place here for each person to be a part. So we welcome all that are here. We also want to extend a, a warm welcome to everyone by passing the peace of Christ. And so if you would do that for just a moment, uh, just let those by you know that you're delighted that they're here and tell them and speak to them saying, may the peace of Christ be with you. So let's do that now, if we could, please. May we bow for a moment of prayer as we um, come before the Lord, asking that God might bless our time here today. Oh Lord, it's out of reverence for your holiness that we come. We come worshiping you, the one who has created us, the one who is walking with us every step of every day. We come offering this worship today. We pray, O oh Lord, that it would be pleasing to you, and that you would receive it as we offer it from the depth of our being. In your holy name I pray, amen.
You may be seated. Our first reading, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our second reading today, the gospel reading, is from Mark, chapter 6. We'll be looking at verses 30 through 34, and then also 53 through 56. In honor of the gospel reading, would you please stand if you're able? The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead because when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. This is the word of the Lord.
may be seated. How are you all today? Everybody doing well? Martine, how about come sit right over here close to me, okay? Because I need to get you to help me. And then um, your granddad may come up here because he said he was going to help me teach today. He's, well, he may be able to do it from there. It's good to see you all. Um, and I know that there are a lot of things going on. You know, the, in the summer, there are a lot of things that you get to do, right? What, are you, what's, what is today, um, or what is the summertime special, especially to you? What does it mean? What do you get to do? You go somewhere? Yeah, I go on vacation, and you get to visit places, such as like your job. You know, you can, like, uh, you have a lot of free time, too. You got a lot of free time. That's a, that's a priceless thing when you're your age, Charlie. I think that's a important. Jack, what do you say? You can look at turtles and see wildlife. You can look at turtles and play with your pets. Abby, anything with you? I think Timothy's away at Boy Scout camp, right? Yeah. So he's coming back. Martine, what about you? He's just okay. What about you? What do you think? You get to go to the pool? No? Well, the summertime is a time for vacation. And you know what? Vacation is sort of something different. Uh, you get to go places. You go with friends and family. You might go to the beach, the lake, the pool. I think to go to the pool and the beach. To the where now? To the and the beach where? Okay, to both. We get to go to those places because it's vacation time. And what's different about that than when you're in school? What's different about the summertime than when you're in school? Uh, because in school you got to learn, 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 learn. But in summertime, there's nothing really but fun, 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 fun. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad. Uh, I don't know that our summertime's like that, is it? Is yours like that, Warren? You don't look like it's like that. <laughs> uh, I just prepare to bring my grandchildren to church. Okay. It's fun, fun, fun. Okay. Well, the, the, what we want to remember is this, is that you're right. During the, during the uh, school year, we have to learn. We work hard. There's a lot of things going on. But in the summer, we get a chance to have a break, and we go away. Jesus told his disciples the same thing. You, did you know that? He said, I want you to go with me to a place that I'm going to, a, it's a quiet place. And when we go, we're going to go and we're going to, they're going to take a break. And they're going to have some fun. Do you, did you, do you believe that, that they actually did that, that Jesus had fun uh, with his disciples? I don't think that Jesus would just lay down and have like, ooh, ooh, I'm going to take a nap. Well, he might. He might. He would have fun. He he knew how to play, and he knew how to have he knew how to uh, have jokes with his disciples. Yeah, he was just like we are. I don't, but I don't think that that was funny enough to go around and playing like a kid. Well, maybe not like a little bitty kid, but I think he did have childish things. He was able to play in that way. So here's what we want to remember: there are times that we also need that. We need times to play. We need times to get away. We need times to be rested and refreshed and so a part of um, a part of our life every day in the summer especially is to to do that is to have time to to think about all that God has made and how we can enjoy it but also know that we have times when we have to work too right so it's important to have time to play to rest it's important to have time to feel like you've 
been refreshed too. So let's pray and ask that we will be able to remember that and think about those places that we've gone and how much fun we've had on vacation and that we would also remember that God makes those places possible too, okay? Let's bow together in prayer. Lord, we thank you for all these that are present today, for the joy that children do bring to our lives and for the, the fact that you too want us to enjoy life and to play and to experience life in a, in a way that uh, we experience all things that you've created. Bless our time with them today and may you continue to watch over and care for them in Christ's name. Amen. bow together with me in prayer. Loving Lord, we come before you with joyful hearts today. We come because we can experience the life that you have given us. We can offer to you words of thanksgiving. And by presenting ourselves, we offer our lives and as an offering of gratitude as well. Oh Lord, we thank you that you have created all that is that you've given us life and that you breathe life into us at the beginning and you sustain our life and our breath every day. We consider, O oh Lord, the wonder of who you are, of how you have created all that is and each individual with its unique gifts and talents. These children that come forth and the joy that they experience in their hearts and the way that they approach life we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace, your loving kindness toward us, and your constant companionship with us. We're awed by your presence and the healing that your presence brings to our spirits, to our bodies. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would create within us an awareness of your creativity, that spirit that has brought all into existence. And may we yield ourselves to be molded by you into the person you would have us to be. I pray, Lord, that we would be used as instruments of peace, that we'd be mindful of your presence with us and that we could be used in ways that will be blessings to other people. Today, O oh Lord, we pray for the many concerns on our heart, for those who are in the midst of very difficult times, for those whose future is uncertain, for those who are facing very serious illnesses, for those who find themselves with a sense of question and wonder about what will the future hold and how can I have the fortitude to push on. Oh Lord, may you create within us the spirit of courage. May you increase our faith May we lean upon you with all that we are, knowing that you will not leave us nor forsake us. Oh Lord, may we, as your children, follow you closely, and may we be those instruments of peace, 
May we offer the words of encouragement. May we speak words of hope. Words of love. May we be that conduit that you have called us to be. Oh Lord, may you hear us now as we, your children, join our voices together and pray even as our Lord and Savior prayed when he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
children always bring another dimension to what we do here weekly, as you well know. And uh, it also is a, is a dimension that oftentimes is um, really helpful in the times of uh, planning for and, and preaching because they bring a, a different perspective on things than sometimes we allow ourselves to, to see. We all know that summertime is a time of vacations. As we were reminded today, it's a time of fun, fun, fun. Now, I don't know that mine has always been fun, 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 but I know that it's a time where things are different. We have a little bit of a more relaxed approach to life, perhaps, and we go places and we spend time with, with friends, maybe travel some and go to the lake or the mountains and spend time that, a diversion, something different. It's also a time, though, that many churches will send out mission teams. They'll go out on a mission trip. Now, many of you have been on trips with, with me, or I've been with you, whatever the case was, to various places, mostly around the state or the, the U.S. I don't think I have actually been in any uh, international missions, but still around the, around the U.S. Sometimes we would do vacation Bible schools. Other times, canvassing a neighborhood conducting sports camps, construction projects, um, various things like that, or church programs that, um, that we could help in, various things that we were able to help the church with. Some of you have been on those, and as you've been there, um, Carol and Mary and Dawn, and uh, I don't know who, many others have been on those too, that we went and we spent time together, we traveled together, and we learned a lot about each other, but we also learned about various things that we were um, focused on. We learned about the context in which this church was, was placed, wherever the, where we were working. And as we did so, the, um, there was a bond that was created, a closeness. And yeah, there were some times we had to do things that weren't the, the easiest to do or even the, brought the greatest joy to us, but we did them anyway. As we think about those events, though, when we returned, when we went on a mission trip, we would return, and when we did, there was always the report to the congregation. Now, if it was close to the time that we returned, it was really easy, because at that point, we were still on that mountaintop. It was, it was almost euphoric because of the efforts devoted entirely to what we were about, that is, a mission trip, doing that on that particular day. And so as we, we would engage in or plan for what we were going to say, we, it was not hard at all to talk about what we had done. This that we read off today is much like that of the disciples coming back and telling. And they were excited. And as they came back and began to tell about what all they had done, they were able to share their experiences with Jesus. But not only share them, there were also people coming and, and they were assisting Jesus in healing those that came. So it was, a, it was an exciting time for them, and they were engaged in it. And it says, the scripture says, that they reported and gathered around him. And if we were to look back earlier in the chapter, the 12th verse, it says that Jesus sent them out two by two. This comes right after Jesus is rejected in Nazareth. And he, after his rejection, he realizes he can't do much there and he begins to go to the small villages, and then he sends out the disciples two by two. And that's when he told them, don't take anything with you, just the bare necessities and 
those you go to will provide your needs. So they're coming back now, and they're reporting, and it also says that they, he gave them the power as they went, that they would preach repentance, but they would also be able to drive out demons and anoint those that were sick and bring healing to them. And that's what they reported. That they had driven out many demons and anointed many sick people and by placing oil on them and they were healed. Now, I can't say that on any of the mission trips I went on that I ever saw that dramatic of a results. There were some dramatic results, but there may have been a few little demons that we tried to cast out that were uh, in the vacation Bible schools. But nonetheless, they were, they were there because we had gone out to canvas and they came and they had fun in, in experiencing that. What we hear in this text, though, is something really important. This is a transition between Jesus, a miracle that he has just done, he's tried to do there, and now he has, he has heard about John the Baptist being put to death, and now they're coming back and they're telling all these things, and it, this is sandwiched in between hearing the news about John the Baptist and him feeding the plants. And it's a little transition between those two events, but it's one that's extremely important for us. The 31st verse, where it says that Jesus, as they were coming, people were coming, so many were coming that they did not have a chance to eat. So Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Come, to, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Now, the disciples, as I said before, had just returned from this mission effort. They were going out. They were they were excited. They wanted to share what they had done. And in some ways, this was may have been a letdown to them. But yet, they were going to be with Jesus, so surely it was not. There is a need. There are three things here that were mentioned, and that is the come away by yourselves, a quiet place, and rest. We need to withdraw occasionally from our efforts, our extreme efforts, when we're engaged fully and we're running at 100%. We're giving everything we've got and we feel like because of the adrenaline rush, maybe you just keep on going. But we need to withdraw, to spend time for rest and renewal. According to a Greek legend, in ancient Athens, a particular man noticed the great storyteller Aesop playing childish games. And that's why today, as, I, as the children were saying that, well, I don't see Jesus playing those kind of games. Well, I'm not sure, but what he didn't. I think when he saw the children coming to him, he probably did play some of those games with the children. But Esau was playing with his games with these small boys, and this particular Athenian jeered at Aesop and said, why are you wasting all your time playing with these children? It's frivolous. You're wasting your time. Aesop responded by picking up a bow, and he loosened the string and placed it on the ground, and he said to the Athenian, now answer this riddle. If you can answer it, tell us what the unstrung bow implies. The man tried. He couldn't understand exactly the point that Aesop was trying to make, and so he, after a few moments of silence, Aesop replied, if you keep the bow always bent, 
it will break sooner than later. But if you let it go slack, it will be more fit to use when you need it. We're like that. We're also like that. We also need to loosen the string and let the bow go back to its natural state to be renewed and refreshed. William Barclay says that this particular verse describes for, as he understands it, the rhythm of the Christian life. The going out and the coming back. The working and the resting. All those things that are part of our everyday life and what we do. And it's not that, that Jesus was saying you don't need to do anything. He was saying there needs to be that constant ebb and flow. The rhythm that will enable you to be effective in one moment and renewed in another and therefore you're more effective because without the moments of rest and renewal and retreat it's impossible to spend all of our time feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, to be the people that we are called to be for the world around us without taking a break. Because if we do not withdraw, we will be what breaks. We think about Jesus and what he did and how he went about his life. There were times that he would withdraw and pray. He would um, seek places to, um, to relax and to pray and to be alone, to think about what the Father wanted him to do. For most of us, spending time in quiet and to relax is not something that comes easy because most of us were not taught that way. If you were like uh, like I was growing up, your parents taught you, Charlie, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, play, 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 learn, learn, learn. It was work, work, work. That was sort of the idea that you worked all the time, that you worked, and that was a, a ready signal to everyone that you were doing what you were supposed to do. That strong, Protestant work ethic. One person's put it this way, though, about withdrawing. Every now and then, go away and have a little relaxation. For when you come back to your work, your judgment will be sure, since to remain constantly at work will cause you to lose power of judgment. Go some distance away because then the work appears smaller and more of it can be taken in at a glance. And lack of harmony and proportion is easily and readily seen. These are the words of Leonardo da Vinci. He wasn't a slacker. You know, he did wonderful and great, magnificent things, but he understood the need to withdraw, the need to be renewed and refreshed and to be able to address the things that were at hand. And so there is that need to withdraw, but there's also the place to which we go. And that is, as Jesus said, to a quiet place. You may have it in your Bible as a secluded place or a deserted place. It's that place where there's distractions are at a minimum. Most of us have to have noise. You go home, if there's not some noise, you turn something on so that there is noise. Always making sure that there's some kind of noise going on that you will be able to hear. And it's sort of that background noise that we, that we are accustomed to. What Jesus says is find that place of solitude, whether with a small group or by yourself, as I said earlier, Jesus spent time alone in prayer. In Luke 5, the 15th and 16th verses are recorded there where Jesus had, he had 
called his disciples and just prior to that had had um, healed a man, healed several people, and then he called his disciples, healed a man with leprosy. And then Luke records this, and Jesus often withdrew to a quiet place. Often he withdrew to a quiet place. It's something that doesn't just happen. If you wait for time to withdraw or that secluded place or that deserted place, it will not happen on its own. It's by our own volition that we can find the time and the place to do that. Thomas Merton, the Catholic uh, priest from the 20th century and also well-known writer and, and spiritual, uh, spiritualist, talked about what it means to grow and to follow Christ by being aware of God's presence, the Spirit of Christ always. He said not all individuals are called to be hermits, but all need enough silence and solitude in their lives to enable the deep inner voice of their own true self to be heard occasionally. There's that rhythm again, the engaging and the withdrawing and the listening. For if we do so, we'll know ourselves better, we'll know God better, and we'll also understand our purpose better. The last of these three was rest. He said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. You know, that is something that we also find difficult to rest. Again, it goes with that strong Protestant work ethic that to rest means we're not busy making any progress. We're being idle. And we all also know that the idle hands are the devil's workshop, right? We've heard that. So we know that those are the, the sort of what we've lived by, we've heard, and we've been in, ingrained with that. But we also know that it's important to rest because it is in resting that we're able to become more attuned to what our purpose is, but also understand what it is that God's doing in our own lives as we know ourselves better, as we move toward understanding. <clears throat> there was a man that challenged another to an all-day wood chopping contest. Now, I don't know where they did this. It seemed like an odd thing to me, but he challenged him to this wood chopping contest, and the challenger worked very hard all day. He stopped only for a very brief time to short, very short lunch break. The other man had a leisurely lunch, took several breaks during the day, and at the end of the day, the challenger was surprised and annoyed to find that the other fellow had chopped substantially more wood than he had. I don't get it, he said. Every time I checked, you were taking a rest, yet you chopped more wood than I did. But the man said, but what you didn't notice was that while I was resting, I was also sharpening my axe. Now, that is a part of what we do by resting. It is sharpening the tool by which we do ministry, the talents, the skills, the whatever we've been blessed with. And by doing that, we're able to be more effective in our daily work, in our ministry as well. The balance between work and rest is important. It's hard to know where that balance is when there's so much to be done. But weary souls do need rest. 
because we need to be whole in mind, body, and spirit. There's a story about some African workers who were hired to carry these heavy loads of equipment on their backs to remote outposts. The only way to get there was by foot, and so after several days of difficult travel, the workers finally refused to put their packs on, ignoring the shout, we're not going to go any further. They sat by the side of the trail, ignoring the shouts of the leader of the expedition, and finally the leader said, what's wrong? Why won't you go on? And one of these men said, sir, we're waiting for our souls to catch up with our bodies. Now, sometimes we feel that way when we're just completely wrung out spiritually, and we need to stop and let ourselves catch up, our soul catch up with our body. The disciples worked hard doing the things that Jesus had empowered them to do and commissioned them to do. But they needed to learn that if they didn't take time to rest and be renewed and rush through life, they would miss the most important part of life, which was a close relationship with a Savior. They could push on, they could do whatever they wanted to do, but if they weren't mindful of that, they wouldn't experience the time to rest in His presence. There are times that we need to step away from problems and stresses of this world and rest in God's care. The verses that I read at the latter part of that, it sort of jumps over the feeding of the 5,000, the lectionary text for this week. But it says that when they, the boat landed and they got out, that people were rushing toward Jesus and the words that are used are he had compassion for them because they appeared to be sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion for those he healed, but he had compassion for his disciples and he carefully guided and provided for them as a good shepherd. And he does for you and me too. He desires to be the good shepherd that walks with us and guides us and helps us to see when it's time to pull away and to be renewed. Jesus said, and as recorded in Matthew 11, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we think about our own lives and our own journey, where we are, where we're headed, what's out before us, what lies behind us, we need to know that there's one who desires for us to rest in his presence, to be renewed, to be made whole, to be encouraged, and to have hope, not only for today and tomorrow, but for every day that we live. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. May we pray together, please.
Loving Lord, we thank you for these words that sometimes we overlook. For we know that you too call us as you spoke to your disciples saying, Come away by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. And there we find you in your willingness to bring healing to our soul. Oh Lord, may we all embrace that truth. May we rest in the comfort and the promises you've made. For you are the good shepherd. In your name I pray. Amen. Today as we close our time of worship, we sing a hymn, a hymn of promise, number 55, and it's an opportunity for us to be reminded of that good shepherd, the one who walks with us, the one who seeks to give us peace and rest. If you are at a place where you would like to make a decision to be begin that journey of following to walk with that shepherd I'll be here at the front if you have a prayer request I'll be here or if you want to be a part of this church family you come and I'll be here at the front as we sing Let us pray together. Gracious Lord, we come to the one moment in the week when we stop and reflect on giving and receiving and where all of our gifts come from and what we keep and what we give away. We ask that you would lead us to have more open hearts always to give away as much as we can, remembering that you have given us everything do bless our hearts and our givings to the service of your kingdom. Amen.
We ask, O Lord, that you would bless them and multiply them, and may they be used for your kingdom's work here. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Would you be seated for just a moment, please? First, let me uh, again welcome all those who are guests. We're glad that you're here today and worshiping with us. We do have a little reception there with some lemonade cookies for us all to uh, receive and be refreshed a bit. And then um, just to get to speak to you and welcome you again. This week, um, as I mentioned earlier, I think, as far as our weekday Wednesday activities, we don't have our Wednesday evening activities, but we will have a special event on Thursday after our communion service at 5.30. At 6.30, we have an ice cream social and game night at Drown Hall. So come and be a part of that and bring a friend. It'll be a lot of fun as we share together uh, on Thursday evening. It is a time of vacations, as mentioned earlier, and Dr. Banks has been away, and Tere, where are you? Tere has been uh, so gifted and able to uh, able to lead us in, in, our, uh, in the choir, so we thank you for doing that. And then also, it's a time of vacations. Dr. Roxburgh has been over in Scotland, and he's enjoying his family uh, and traveling, doing some additional traveling as well but we'll be back in a couple of weeks. He'll be back the first Sunday in August. As we prepare to go out, we go out knowing that the Good Shepherd is with us always, walking with us, giving us direction, guiding us, and also helping us understand when it's time to rest and receive that renewal that we need in our mind and spirit. So now may you receive the blessing. And now may the peace that comes through Jesus Christ our Lord guard your hearts now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.